Thank you for listening to a Wednesday night class from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about these classes or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's class. Sweet. All right, I got it. I was pushing the wrong button. I'm doing this every week. You'd think I could figure it out. Um, If you would look at whichever one of these you want to look at, the man or the woman one, there are two two of them that are included. I'd like to uh, talk about the first four areas. I mean, number one, and then there's like A, B, C, and D. Um, So pick the one that you want to look at. Uh, The man, uh, the the one for men is first. The one for ladies is second. Um, These are created as parallels. So um, if you read one of them and you see what the content is all about, there will be that same content that I'm trying to apply to the opposite gendered person so that we're dealing with the same kinds of elements. And what I would like for you to begin doing and talk a little bit um, tonight, I'm going to I'm going to go through this and then let you talk a little bit on whatever you feel comfortable with is I want for you to begin reflecting on where are you going spiritually and begin to pull together and talk about some of what you are picking up about yourself, um, about Christ, about the scripture from this class. And so I just kind of want this to be a more reflective talking time for you to begin putting these ideas together. Part of the reason I want you to talk is that talking will help you to integrate your ideas. So you're going to take things that you're thinking about and you're going to try to find words for them. So here's the deal whenever we do this. If you say something and you're thinking that's really not right, you are welcome to say that's really not exactly what I'm thinking about, but I'm not sure how to say it. Because what you're grappling with is how do I take these really important ideas, transformational ideas, scriptural ideas, practices and make them come alive in my own life so I can talk about them. One of my goals is that you would be able to have spiritual conversations with, with your spouse, with your children, with your friends. That you can leave um, this class able to communicate and talk a little bit about your experiences. Here's what I have noticed in the world is that when people come to me and they say, I'm really having trouble growing spiritually. Or I really feel like... Um, I go to worship and it's really, really empty. Today I had a conversation with a girl who went to chapel uh, yesterday and she said, I just felt totally disconnected from chapel. And I have told you before in here, sometimes I'll walk into a worship service and I feel really disconnected. And I said, you know, I feel disconnected sometimes too. Here's what I have learned about it for myself. And what I want you to be able to do is that same kind of conversation. Here's something that I have learned because you and I are going to have experiences that are very similar to each other. We're going to feel loved by God. We're going to feel like sometimes we pray and and our prayers go right up to the ceiling and then they stop there. We're going to feel like we try really, really, really hard and we don't make an awful lot of progress. And then all of a sudden we have a flash of insight. and It's like, wow, that all really came together. Sometimes we're going to be doing our Bible study and we're going to be thinking, I know that I should be doing this, but I'm having a really hard time finding passages that resonate with my soul. Does that mean that you quit? No, it means that you work through it and you might try journaling or you might try the Lectio Divina or you might go to some other discipline that's going to be really helpful for you. I want you to begin thinking about how do I take my experiences and really have a reflective, meaningful conversation. 
And I think that's going to be really cool in discipleship. As a church, we tend to look at our experiences more individually. What did I get out of the worship service? What I want for you to begin looking at is what can I begin to do to integrate this and then be able to talk to other people about their experiences. I call this coffee shop conversation. You're just visiting with somebody and they say, you know, I don't, I'm not really getting a lot out of the sermons. Well, I don't necessarily mean here. I mean, that's not a slam on that. But maybe somebody's like that. And you can say, well, here's what I do. I listen to the sermon and then I go back through my notes and I might actually read through the scripture again using the Lectio Divina. And they're like, I have no idea what that is. Well, let, let me explain this to you a little bit because this has really been helpful for me so that I can actually go back through and rethink through what the word of God is trying to tell me. So I want you to begin thinking through how do you want to do that? So if you would just look at whichever one of these is pertinent for you, um, I'm going to be um, just referring to both of them. So number one, um, it begins with a man or a woman, whichever one you're reading. So I want, to, I want to start with the man one, just because we're making a recording of this for anyone who's listening and doesn't have this in front of them. A man tends to be self-reliant and egotistical on the negative side and problem-solving and energetic for his agenda on the positive side. Thus, a Christian man must keep in mind the following. Now, what I've tried to do is just capture something about manhood. These are very generalized statements, and you are more than welcome to cross those out and put your own words in there. Same thing will be true with women when I read them. My goal is to begin get you to thinking about that. What, what is it that I'm struggling with? And I don't know why I started with the negative. It's just where I started. This has not really been revised very much. Um, and so this is kind of like my attempt to really try to take Colossians and use it as a template for growth. And for me, I often start with what do I not like about myself? What frustrates me? Um, and so I was, I just kind of started with that and then I went with the problem, or with the positive problem solving and energetic. For ladies, uh, a woman tends to be self-focused and critical on the negative side and service oriented and nurturing on the positive side. Again, cross those out. Put your own story in there. I want this to make sense for you. Um, and so a Christian woman must keep in mind the following. There are four big areas that we have been covering in this class that are massive um, kind of umbrella areas that I just want to draw your attention to. So when you're going through this this summer, which I hope you will do, class is over, you've, you're kind of revisiting it, you're thinking about it. These are four areas that I would have you start on as a template for growth. Number one, um, your own tendency towards sin, especially your national sin. If you were here for Hosea chapter 14, you know that God is speaking directly to us to say, and I'm going to use my own words here, Peter Buckland, you have your very own sin story. You have your very own attraction by desire to doing something that I don't want you to do. And you need to address that. Don't pretend it doesn't exist. Don't pretend that it's better than what it is. But in Christ, you can actually address it. And so we have this tendency. And so I put here, I'm going to read from the lady's standpoint. Um, this will get the best of her and she lives her life when she lives her life outside of God's power. 
Sin distorts a woman's view of herself, of men, of children, and of emotions, language, and relationships, the big three areas in which women tend to sin. Satan, as the deceiver, is unrelenting in his attacks on women's lives. Ephesians 6.11 identifies the schemes of Satan as the methods of, the, of Satan. The word means ongoing and varied. Satan's schemes are thematically the same for women. Emotional corruption, power plays through emotional language, and meshed or over-controlling in relationships. For example, you can put your own in there if you want, but are expressed with great variety to capture the attention of women. I wrote basically the same thing for men, uh, but I looked um, on men's problems as being um, power, sex, and money. Power, sex, and money as men. I mean, those are pretty classic kinds of things. So let me, let me take you to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, um, just in your own mind, which we have not yet talked about. This, this is really a great passage for me to think about um, what Satan is trying to accomplish in our lives through temptation. Um, this word, methodias, or the, the schemes of Satan, that, that we don't wrestle against um, flesh and blood, but against the schemes of Satan. That word schemes is got a word picture like waves behind it. So I want, want you to go to the ocean, and I want you to stand on the edge of the ocean. And I want for you to think about all of those waves that are coming in, as the schemes of Satan. This is the word picture behind the idea of Satan has methods. Now, what's really interesting is that these schemes, many of them will have some level of attraction to you. Um, I know that we have guardian angels. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14 says that we have angels who are ministering servants. We don't know if we have anti-angels or our own little demons that get us. But if you read the screw tape letters... You know, C.S. Lewis sort of looks at that. But here's what I have come to realize. Satan is probably not a mind reader. He doesn't have to be. All he has to do is watch what I do. I will give off what I'm attracted to. I will give off what is interesting to me. I will give off by my time, my effort, my energy, my conversation. And those waves, some of them are just going to be the societal waves. And they're going to wear me out. Do you ever feel like sin wears you out? Are you ever tired of Dealing with issues in the culture. I, I get that way. Sometimes I just turn off the news because I want to shoot the television. I'm like, really, people? Really? 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 Can't we just solve something and let it be resolved? I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Or, or the onslaught of values that come through primetime programming. I look at that and I go, I don't want to watch another television show about sex. There's more to life than making jokes about sex. And I turn it off because I am worn out with it. Okay, that's this, this methodia. And then there are the ones that are just for me. The ones that are just for you. And we'll feel those more. Okay, that's what this is talking about. And you want to be aware that in spiritual growth, part of the reason that we have spiritual disciplines is that we live on the seashore. We just live there. We live with those methods that are just coming. And have you ever minded your own business and been shocked at news that you have gotten? Or you're just all of a sudden worn out at the end of the day because it was just harder. Okay, so the first one that I want for you to notice is that we have a, a, a bent towards sinning. Second one, uh, the power, I'm going to do this for the men. The power of God is unleashed in the life of a man through the partnership he has with the Holy Spirit. Um, the same thing is true with a woman. Now here's the deal is that in this passage in Romans, this is the good news, is that I've got this natural tendency to sin. And um, 
for God to move in my life, I have to lean into the work of the Holy Spirit in my life and the truth of the word. Now, we've talked about this in transformation, and this is part of the motivation in order to do the spiritual disciplines, the journaling, the reading, the praying, the walking out, walking around, the the four hours of silence or Sabbath or whatever it happens to be, is that this leans me into the person of the Holy Spirit by dedicating some time and space and energy. And this is the only hope we have. You can read the Bible and it can be totally powerless because it is empowered through the person of God in you. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. The Holy Spirit gives us the power we need. The Holy Spirit gives us insights. And the word of God becomes that truth teller to us. And so when you look at this, we have to have this partnership. Now, again, you're the junior partner. You're not the big boss partner. And there are some times that I sit down and I say, okay, Lord, I just want you to know I'm really frustrated and I'm, I don't mean everything that I say. I don't know if you pray this way. I don't really mean everything that I say, but I got to get it off my chest. I am so frustrated with X, Y, and Z. And this... I don't even know what to do about this and I find myself in an impossible situation and I'm really frustrated with this interaction that I find myself in. And so when when you're going through this, that's where you will pray and you will just kind of lay that down and the power of God um, comes through that. Letter C, let's look at the way that I wrote it for ladies. A woman must focus her attention and then refocus her attention many times throughout the day on a Christ-centered life and agenda. Now, I wrote the same thing for men. And women, and here's, here is what I want you to know. I asked you early on in the class, what would a healthy you look like? What would a healthy you look like? And, and I've asked myself that question a lot. I mean, I grew up in a family where there's a lot of anger, and I've talked a little bit about that. And I thought, you know, I, I don't want to be that person, but what does a healthy me look like? What does long-suffering look like? What does it look like to be treated a certain way that you're frustrated with, and you are still patient? Long-suffering. And so I have actually spent a lot of time asking myself, what does that look like in a healthy person? And I watch for it. And I, and I wait to see it. So Lynn Ragsdale, who was our preacher here, many of you know him. You were here before Mark Christian came. Um, as an elder, Lynn and I got to work together because um, Lynn had a hard time dealing with difficult conversations. That's really easy for me. And I had a hard time finding a graceful way to talk about things when I was frustrated. That was really easy for Lynn. So when we would work together, he began to rub off on me. And through his model, I began to see how he could work in difficult situations in a graceful way. I could read it in a book. I could maybe see it with some people. I could ask you what you thought about it. But I watched a master do it. And I can tell you that I am better at it because Lynn's uh, modeling was really helpful for me. And he's better at straightforward conversations because he would say, okay, Peter, I need you to do this. And then if I overstated it, he would clean it up a little bit. And we got to where we could actually almost reverse roles, which was really fascinating to me. I mean, we did so much together at the church. And I thought, this is really, really cool. And I got to learn so many great new things. And so when I'm looking at this, here's what I'm asking you. How do you refocus to who you want to be throughout the day? So if you have not yet written, who do you want to be as a healthy person? I want to suggest you write it in a journal. What does that look like for you? Um, And then talk about that. 
Um, letter D, read it from a guy's standpoint. A man must grow in his shadow traits and not try to cover them up or compensate for them and thereby make excuses for his misbehavior. Spiritual growth occurs in the weak areas of life, not the strong. Now, let me give you a caveat of this. It's written the same thing for the men and the women, is that if you rely too much on your strength, you'll become lopsided. Now, I am a weightlifter. Um, I've never really been a bodybuilder in that sense, but the gym, I'm a gym rat. And one of the things that I studied years and years ago is that if you were to just do a lot of bench pressing and not a lot of work on your back, and then you worked with the strength of your chest, it will actually pull your shoulders forward and it will ruin your posture and it will be painful. And so if you have a weak area as an athlete, you'll notice that it's the weak area that you will pull. It's not the strong area, but the strong area can actually pull you out of balance. So what you're looking at in the whole shadow traits that we've talked about is what do you do really, really, really well? What are those strengths? And those strengths have to be able to be moderated and blended holistically. So the thing that I like about uh, the Myers-Briggs is that it will give you the areas that you do well, and there might be some areas that you want to grow in. You need to leave this class willing to grow in some of those areas. You just have to, so that you can be successful in those areas. I'm going into a time right now where I have to have a lot of detail, and the more detail I have to have, the more I get tired. But yet to finish my college career and grade all the papers and see all the students I need to see and handle all of the details, I need to stop. And I actually say to myself, have you looked over the syllabus today to get ready for tomorrow? (laughs) Have you prepared so that when you walk into class, you can answer all the questions on just the schedule? Because sometimes I don't even think to do that. I've been doing this for 20 years. This is truly a weak spot of mine. Now, my wife, she double checks, triple checks, quadruple checks, writes it down, puts down little notes, leaves it all over the place. It's really great. But if you ask her a big picture item, she has trouble with that. Um, we're, we're kind of opposite. And so what I would say to you is, what do you really need to grow in? So for me, what that means is, Peter Buckland, are you paying attention to the details of your spiritual life? Or are you getting sloppy? That's what that means for me spiritually. Are you really paying attention to your disciplines? Are you really paying attention to what you're setting your mind on? Or are you just kind of slopping through life and then you have trouble? That's how the details affect me spiritually. Um, Vanna can spend so much time on the details that she forgets to extend grace to herself. So that she's nitpicking herself thinking, I didn't do that very well. I'm a failure. That's the problem with too much detail and not enough grace. And so what what I want you to look at with this is that now there's this blend that's going on in your life for healthiness. So um, here's what I would like for you to do is just talk about these four areas as foundational areas for you. I am not going to ask you to confess your national sin, but I want you to look at this and say, there are some areas that I really want to pay attention to that will throw me off track. One of mine is my judgmental ability. Um, I generally think that I'm right. I don't know about you, but I generally think that I'm right, or at least pretty close to being right. Um, and that can really be a problem when I'm dealing with people who are coming up to me. And I actually will say to myself, you need to listen to them because what they're saying can really help you with a perspective. Because while I might actually have a number of things that are going well, this conversation that I'm having can really be beneficial for me because I'm just not perfect. 
kills me to say that. Did I say that out loud? I'm just not perfect. But in my weakness, sometimes I don't like criticism and change. Do you ever get that way? And so I say to myself, Peter, what will get in your way, especially as a leader? Do you know that a church this size, there's plenty that needs to continue to be worked on? And the minute that I say we can't talk about that, whatever is going wrong will never be changed. And that's going to frustrate all of us. And so I look at that and I go, okay, as a leader, I have to stay soft. That's what I would like for you to talk about. What do you think you're going to really have to work on? That you just want to say, hey, I just want you guys to pray about this for me. The second thing, the, the power unleashed through the Holy Spirit. What do you want to see God do in your life? That's what I want you to talk about. What do you really want him to see uh, for you to do? I mean, maybe for the next year or so. Maybe it's I want to have a better relationship with people in my family. Maybe it's I'd really like to find um, a good spiritual blend of spiritual activities for me. Maybe it's, I really want to grow in wisdom, or I really want to grow in patience, or I really want to grow to be able to talk about what's going on in my life. I want you to look on number two, and if you could find something and say in your group, hey, I'd really like to see God work in my life in this way. Number three, what do you need to refocus your attention on daily? What do you think you need to do? This goes back to who do you want to be? Now, I want to be open and willing and patient. That, that's what I want to be. I walk through the, the college campus and I have students who have hangnail problems and they frustrate me. I'm like, really, can't you read the syllabus yourself? And I don't want to say that, although my heart is wanting to say, grow up and read it yourself. And what do you think? And I look at them and I say to them, OK, well, let's just kind of talk about the syllabus. When was the last time you looked at that? And I just want to encourage you to do that. Here's what it says. Uh, what do you think you should do about that? It's a whole different approach than go read it in the syllabus. It's, it's posted online. And what I'm looking at is how can I be the kind of person, here's, here's the question, how can I be the kind of person that you can say anything to and I'll know what to do with it in a way that honors Christ and helps you? That's my, that's my issue. How can I do that? That's what I'm working on right now because I'm going into the time when I might get a little short-tempered because there's so much that's going on. And so I'm like, okay, that's what I want. And so I actually now refocus it. And some of the people that I'm praying with and I'm asking them and saying, you know, I'm kind of tired from my surgery. And when I get tired, I get a little impatient. And when I get a little impatient, I sound a little bit short. And I don't want to do that. And so I just kind of tell on myself. Because right now, I want to be the kind of person that anybody can say anything to. And I can respond in grace. Which also means my wife, which is probably the one that I might be the least likely to be kind to because she's the one I know the most or the students that have been sandpaper on my soul all semester and they're just annoying you know those people those co-workers those people that you're working on and I'm like okay you have rubbed me for the last time with your ridiculousness okay in the scope of all of that that's what I'm asking okay so I want you to talk about that and the last one that you're looking at here is what is the shadow trait that you want to grow in it's a shadow trait. What is, the, what is the trait in your, in the descriptor of who you are that you're saying, I really, really would like to grow in that? And for me, it's an organization and getting, you know, getting the focus to, to get done. That's what I would like to do. So um, I just want you to kind of think about that and share with the people that are around your table that you've been talking to to say, OK, this is kind of where I'm at. Here's my snapshot, because what we're going to do from this point on and we'll get started a little bit on it and we'll work on these sheets 
uh, for the next week or so. And I'll bring you in like only one or two more things. We're not going to add a lot because I want you to be going through this to say, God, speak to me. Speak to me through Colossians and catch my attention and help me to accomplish those things. Help me to do it because now it's time for me to really let you grow me through some of these experiences that we have. So the first one is what is the thing that you really want to be working on? Uh, number two is what do you want to see the Holy Spirit do in your life? Number three is what do you want to refocus on? And number four is what's the shadow trait that you'd like to work on? So I'm going to turn off the mic and I'm going to come and harass you a little bit. And I'd like for you to just kind of reflect out loud. And here's the other thing is you from, um, you are free to change your mind from week to week. This is kind of a moving target, but just kind of get going on it. So, um, I'll, I'll give you a good 10 or so minutes to talk to each other. So go ahead and do that. Good. So here we are on the details, and I gave you a little bit more time because I got involved in the conversation. So just keep praying that I'll do better on the details. Here is what I want for you to know about this, and then I'm just going to kind of close out the class for today. Um, letter E begins the rest of the outline. So I'm going to just look on the ladies' one. It says, Colossians teaches a woman that. And the rest of the outline is all designed in order to help a lady or a man really be able to take the truths that are listed out for them and apply them in their own lives. Um, I think that men and women are created in complementary ways to each other but have a different design. Uh, We do know that women's brains generally function different than guys' brains, We know that women generally look at life a little differently than men do. Um, I make jokes about how men suffer from dense male syndrome, and women seem to be very, very aware of lots of things that are going on. So what I would like for you to look at, even if you look at the other one, and I don't want you to look at your spouse's side and use it combatively, What I'm trying to do is really begin to get at what I understand about some of the natural, stereotypical sort of differences. Now, it is true that some women will respond more like a guy in certain areas, and some men will respond more like a lady. And there's no fault there, because it's on a continuum. It's not a big deal. So here's what I want you to look at, is when you look at these... Um, If you have a characteristic that is more like the opposite gendered person, I want you to just look at that and go, that really captures more of my design. Because God has made us so amazingly marvelous that he has said, hey, I'm going to take my characteristics. And as best as we know, he said, I'm going to kind of divide those up sort of between men and women. God is all of these things. And so to me, it doesn't really matter how they play themselves out in a man and a woman 
from the standpoint that you really get a sense about who you are as a man or a woman with Christ. And so there are some men that are way more emotively sensitive than what I am, and they are super compassionate, and they will go the extra mile, and they are phenomenal friends, extremely loyal, great counselors. They'll go the extra mile, and I'll have a tendency to go, okay, I've had enough of you. And I learn from them. I mean, they're they're great people, and I look at that and I go, I need to learn from that. Then there are some ladies that will actually be more like me. I mean, my daughter's one of those, and she'll just tell it to you straight. And it's like, honey, you need to not sound so harsh. But, Dad, it's the truth. I know. I get it. I get it. It is the truth, and I agree with you. But you sound harsh when you do that. Well, that, that just is mean for you to tell me that. I know. But you do sound harsh. And so I want you to learn how to land those words in somebody's heart better. That's the skill I want for you to have. And that's wisdom. Okay? So I'm, I'm not really here to say to you that these are hard and fast elements. This is a fluid I'm not saying that your gender identity is fluid. I'm just saying that these traits that you and I have, we have all of them. I I have the same things. It's just that I might not access them quite so well. So here's what I'd like for you to do when you look at this. When I read Colossians, I personalize it. Any scripture, I personalize it. I look at that and I go, Lord, what do you have to say to me? My personality, my background, my history, my male orientation to life. Now, I have noticed that the older that I get, the more emotionally expressive I get. I'll, I'll start to tear up over things that I would think were dumb when I was younger. I mean, our, our brains change in our 50s. They, they really do. The chemical composition changes, and men become softer and more emotively oriented. So guys that are crying in 30s are bawling all the time in their 60s. And people like me who couldn't cry no matter what, even at my own mom's funeral, I can cry when I see something on the movie and it moves me. And I'm like, what is happening to me? I don't even feel like myself. Women change too. I mean, I'm not a lady, so I can't really speak from experience on how women change. But I have noticed that my wife is changing, and women will change too. And so here's what I want you to know. No matter where you are in this, you want to look at the scripture and say, what does this have to say to me? So Colossians is all about living a Christ-centered life. Only Jesus, Christ-centered life. That's why I picked it. It is only four short chapters. And my admonition to you is if you're not doing anything else and you're interested in this, that you take Colossians in the next two, three, four months. And you'll just periodically read through it, maybe have this nearby, and you're just saying, Lord, show me something about you and show me something about me. Keep me growing. And what I want to do next week and then the following week is just take you through some of that experientially on these sheets. And uh, just begin to have you think through, all right, I've been through this class. I've learned a lot of things. How do I want to put it together? What do I want to take from this class so that as I move forward, I can continue to grow? So um, what I also want you to know is if you have any suggestions on what you might like to add to this, um, especially ladies, um, I'm less confident in what I wrote about women, Um, I really haven't had a big revision. So if you've got something that you'd say, hey, I'd really like to put this in here, I'm okay with that. Um, In fact, there are times that I have asked ladies for input when I've gone out and done parenting seminars or marriage seminars, and I will just say, hey, ladies have asked me to include this for you men. Okay, So I just want you to know that I'm really open to it because I think it's all of us together as students of the word. So if you come up with something, please let me know. Uh, it's, you won't hurt my feelings because I'm just trying to make the best document, but I want it to be our document. 
if that makes sense to you. So, you know, just feel free to do that. I won't, I won't view it as critical because I know that there's only so much you can put on a piece of paper. So don't worry about that. And if you have questions about what I mean, please let me know because I'll look at it and I'll try to remember what I meant when I wrote it. Uh, because I wrote it a while ago. And again, you know, it might strike us a little differently right now, which is cool. So, I mean, we're among friends and we want to be great Bible students. So, um, if you have time to look at this between now and next week, I want to encourage you to do that and maybe get some ideas to get ready for a conversation. We're going to be spending our time in Colossians chapter 1 and 2 next week, and then we'll add Colossians chapter 3 the last week devotionally. So um, if you want to look at this, I'll have some questions for you out of Colossians chapter 1 and 2 about some of this material for discussion. And I'd love for you to really have a discussion with each other about what are you thinking about? What are you growing in? What are some of your questions and comments about Colossians chapters 1 and 2? Uh, Colossians 1 and 2 are phenomenal passages about Jesus and us. Colossians chapter 3 begins the practical, what do you do about it? And Colossians 4 has a lot of extra kind of tidbits in it. And Colossians 3 has a lot of that setting your mind part on. And I want to leave you with that. So um, I'd like to close with a word of prayer. It is 8 o'clock and um, I'll let you guys go. You can stay and visit a little bit if you'd like to. Um, But uh, we'll be done for the night. Lord, thank you so much for this time. And I want to thank you so much for the opportunities that we have to create um, this sense of our identity in Christ. We pray, Lord, that as we look at your word and and now just as a class looking at Colossians, that you will teach us what you want us to know about ourselves for where we are right now. Your word is living and it's active. It's empowered by your spirit. And you can speak to us in ways that make sense to us. So we ask, Lord, that you will speak our language, our heart language, our intellectual language, our emotional language. And help for us to really connect to you. And as we consider landing this class in the next two weeks on a conclusion, help for us, Lord, to be able to take from this study what would be meaningful for us. You show us what the accent needs to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to a Wednesday night class from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about these classes or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.